0: Welcome to the latest episode of Comeback. As always, I am your host, Connor, and today Nick joins me again for round four of Dissecting Books. Number one, The the Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. Number two, Man Search for Meaning, Viktor Frankl. Number three, Don Miguel Ruiz, The Four Agreements. Today's edition is The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, A Counterintuitive Approach to Living a Good Life, by Mark Manson. This is a number one international bestseller and I'm thoroughly excited to delve into it today. Nick, how you doing, man?
1: Doing good, man. I'm wondering, like, maybe, I hope somebody can count how many times we say fuck today.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'll hire someone. If I had a Jamie, I need a Jamie, actually. Like, I've realized the more (laughs) more these episodes come out, but yeah, get someone to count.
1: To keep track of this shit, man, for for statistics.
0: I'm going to try and be subtle with the, the fucks that I give today just <laughs> because of that. The whole, the, whole nice. pre- the whole premise of the book is, you know, certain things you should give a fuck about, certain things you shouldn't. And I think it's basically saying, the impression I got, and I'm pretty sure he confirmed it in some interviews, that the whole premise of the book is that you have to give fucks about something. There are always going to be problems and reasons for you to give a fuck and things to give a fuck about. So find the things that are worth giving a fuck about, and the things that aren't worth giving a fuck about, don't give a fuck about them.
1: The cool thing is that that implies that we have the power to decide what to give a fuck about.
0: Exactly. And that goes back to a theme that we've discussed before, especially on the last podcast, for Agreements, that we have the choice of what to let into our minds and whatnot.
1: Yeah. So even if like, if you live in a place where, like, it's uh, popular to think in a certain way and everybody's pressuring you to think like them you don't have to you can choose to believe whatever you want
0: yeah yeah precisely (laughs) and also i love the the way he starts it the way he starts the book don't try and he's like charles bukowski was an alcoholic a womanizer a chronic gambler a cheapskate a deadbeat on his worst days a poet (laughs) and this is why (laughs) the, the perfect way to start because, yeah, he didn't give a fuck about success. He just carried on with his poems until he ultimately became successful, where he just didn't give a fuck. He still stayed getting drunk and being horrible to people, but he, he didn't give a fuck, and that's ultimately why he did <laughs> successful. It's a, it's a weird analogy, but... Right. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. This, this book is very different to the standard book you would read around self-development. He even mentions it on page four where he says that often conventional life advice or the positive and happy stuff fixates on what you lack and lasers in on your personal shortcomings or failures that you already believe and then are emphasized for you. So it makes you feel like you're not enough. Mm, Right.
1: Somebody made us believe that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. There's a saying in Texas, the smallest dog barks the loudest. If you're confident, Mm. if you're rich, if you're happy, then you don't need to keep saying it you know that's all oh, right yeah feedback loop like yeah i kind. Of, this is i think this is probably where affirmations and visualizations were presented to me in a skeptical manner where if you were really at the point where you feel at your happiest would you need to stand in front of a mirror and say it 20 times it's a tough one
1: yeah very shit that's like doing that kind of feels like you're like uh, swimming against a river or some shit. Like, it's gonna be harder that way. <laughs> like, maybe it can work, right? But Maybe it works, but it's gonna be a lot harder than it has to be.
0: Yeah. In the next bit where he says, uh, the feedback loop from hell, you get anxious about confronting somebody, that anxiety crumbles around, and then you wonder, why am I anxious? And then you become anxious about being anxious. Oh, no, yeah. don't. And there we go. And it just continues into this cycle. That's something that we deal with, right? <laughs>
1: Yeah, we get anxious about getting anxious. We get scared about feeling scared. Like, Screwing ourselves over now.
0: Yeah, and then it says, by not giving a fuck that you feel bad, you short-circuit the feedback loop from hell. You say to yourself, I feel like shit, but who gives a fuck? And then, as if sprinkled by magic, fuck-giving fairy dust, you stop hating yourself for feeling so bad.
1: (laughs) It's like, um, why do I have to give a fuck about me giving a fuck
0: (laughs) yeah precisely and when you get into that thinking mode that we've discussed before you actually go towards a negative situation it's summed up here page nine the desire for more positive experience is itself a negative experience and paradoxically the acceptance of one's negative experience is itself a positive experience
1: it's true man it's true. And I, I felt that myself today, dude, like, that's 100% true. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we, I think we discussed it yesterday, where if you are looking to avoid suffering, then that's a negative experience.
1: Yeah. Like, if, you're, if your life is about protection, then your life is about suffering.
0: Yeah, precisely.
1: Because, because you'll just be living scared of suffering. And being scared is already a form of suffering.
0: Yeah, whilst on the contrary, accepting that you have a negative experience is a positive experience. Because you take ownership, control, responsibility.
1: And and accept that there are more coming. (laughs) Accept that you haven't even faced the hardest ones yet. They're on the way.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he references Alan Watts as well, where the backwards law, the more you perceive feeling better, the less satisfied you become.
1: Yeah, I was surprised he also mentioned Buddha. And... uh, yeah, and how he mentioned that Buddhists don't even believe that the self that they thought they were is not even them. So they so he's like, so they really don't give a fuck.
0: <laughs> yeah, massively. He also mentions his LSD hallucinations. <laughs> he's like, Yeah, the one time I tripped on acid and it felt like the more I walked towards a house, the further away the house got. That's his mm. philosophical point about happiness. No fucks given. <laughs>
1: yeah like some people like i've heard uh do you know ram das
0: uh no i'm not familiar
1: he was like one of the harvard professors that um studies psilocybin mushrooms is it psilocybin or psilocybin i forget
0: psilocybin i believe
1: Uh, psilocybin like the magic mushrooms he was one of the harvard professors that was studying mushrooms when they first i guess became popular but later on they became federally illegal so his all of his work was uh, like shut down and I guess after tripping on acid so much (laughs) and mushrooms he moved to India and found a guru and I guess got into non-dualism type of shit and and then he became like a guru himself.
0: A life worth living. (laughs) That's what I'm getting from that.
1: And like his guru said that like uh yeah, like the LSD and mushrooms and shit, like they can be helpful if you do it alone. Maybe, like, sit in your room and just trip and just like have a bad trip <laughs> purposely have a bad trip,
0: yeah, and see, yeah, and see what happens. I guess, see mm. what it develops as a result. Yeah, no, it's fascinating. <laughs> and he also talks about something that we spoke about before about the process where the backwards law works when. The pain in pursuing your results in the gym result in better-round health and energy. Failing in business leads to better understanding about successful. He's basically saying, you know, the, the pain is the best bit about it. Mm. It's necessary, like we have to go through it. <laughs> yeah, and like avoiding it, running away from it and saying, no, I'm going to see pleasure instead. Well, you're running away from pain and that's the negative experience.
1: That's the first... Like- like it's kind of part of the life experience right like we're born even like crying as babies like fucking covered in blood and shit gotta cut our umbilical cord like this it's part of the this whole this game that we're playing
0: yeah (laughs) this bit is brutal (laughs) when you give too many fucks, you'll feel that you're perpetually entitled to be comfortable and happy that is a sickness it will eat you alive You will see every adversity as an injustice, every challenge a failure, every inconvenience as a personal slight, every disagreement as betrayal, and you are confined to your petty school-sized hell, burning with entitlement and bluster, in constant motion yet arriving nowhere. It's true, and I personally
1: know people like that. Yeah. And it's nice to see when they get out of it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's nice to see them kind of realize, oh yeah, I can choose what to give a fuck about. I think the, the key that he mentions is that I think it's often mis, misinterpreted when you mention this book to people. He's not saying, do not give a fuck to everything. He's not going to say, oh, yeah, go through your life. Don't care about anything. This is the way forward. Yeah, look at me. I'm a rock star. He's very much like, yeah, some things you have to give a fuck about, but really pay attention to what they are. Really look at whether it's worth it, whether it's worth investing your time, your energy, your money, etc. And if it's not, change it. Find something else. We're always going to have problems, but if you can pick the problems, things get a whole lot better.
1: It's like uh, something simple and logical to to give a fuck about. is like, don't walk into moving traffic if you know there's a fucking bus coming. Like, like maybe you should give a fuck about a bus about to run into you. (laughs) Yeah,
0: precisely. It doesn't
1: mean you should give a fuck about what the driver thinks about your shoes, right? (laughs) That's like a totally different
0: thing. Yeah, you have to. and that, that says it, that's such a minute detail, but a lot of us, in those analogies, we do go around looking for every single bit of approval. But yeah, in that situation, what do you care about more? Whether the driver thinks your shoes are shit or whether the driver avoids it. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And also regarding, I think, the problems or the challenges aspect, he basically says that you are definitely going to have a problem. You are always going to, and that is good. And it makes sense where even if you visualize your dream situation, for example, you want to be a rock star. Okay, you have to fly all over the world and you have to always be on a plane. You want to get super fit, great. Well, you have to make sure that you go into the gym every day. That's a problem, working out the time that is to go to the gym. But if you give a fuck about it, it's a good problem. So therefore, you will go out of your way to do it and alter it from being as we define as a problem, into something necessary.
1: Like now that you mentioned the thing about the, um, like some struggles being necessary, like it kind of makes me think of like video games. Like when you play a video game, in the game, there's always some problem to solve, right? Hmm. Like if, if there was no problem to solve in the video game, it wouldn't be a video game. You would just be staring at like a fucking blank <laughs> TV screen. Yeah, love that so it's, like, it's like even like our own life, like, is not that much different. Like, we have our own things to do in this game that we are playing. Like, why do we want to avoid it? It's going to happen anyway.
0: Yeah, and there still will be a problem. For example, if you now I'll go back to that being fit analogy. You know, the problem is that you have to go to the gym, but if you choose to take the completely different route and you choose to be a couch potato and eat KFC then you have a problem because you're in terms of your weight or your energy levels. So you have to work out which problem go back to the sacrifice for anything you do and don't do. You have to work out, which problem do you want? Do you want the problem of making time for the gym? Uh, or do you want the problem of making time to, you know, check, do, not making time of checking your weight and your energy, which problem sounds best to you? And then take that route. Yeah. So, yeah. Happiness is the problem. <laughs> that's, that's what he comes out with in number two.
1: Imagine- It's like, um, uh, do you know the, the former president of Uruguay, uh, Jose Mujica? I
0: don't.
1: He was in prison for, I think it was 12 years um, before he became president. But anyways, he said like sometimes like in prison, like because of spending so much time in solitary confinement, like he said, he, he learned sometimes good things can be bad and sometimes bad things can be good.
0: <laughs> simple as that, right? There's, there's a yeah, so there. simple. Yeah, yeah. Even said, so, Yeah, actually, the point that you just referenced there about the video game, page thirty, happiness comes from solving problems. Like yeah, all ah, right. That's where the happiness in the video game comes from. The fact that you, yeah, found the key or whatnot, and now you're on level five instead of level four.
1: Isn't it so funny that if. If we are playing video games to avoid our real world problems, we're just playing like hypothetical problems <laughs> in the video game. Yeah. But we have our own right here too. Like we can't forget about the stuff we have to deal with every day, and when we deal with that, that's like how we get our own experience points and level up, just like in the game too. Like we're just fucking characters,
0: man. Yeah, perfect. Maybe. Also mentioned something we spoke about last time, like the denial and the victimhood, where the denial, some people deny their problems exist. And because they deny reality, they always distract themselves from reality. Great in the short term, mm. but it leads to insecurity, neuroticism, and emotional repression. Mm.
1: And they're doing it to themselves. That's, yeah. that's the sad part when you see it like from, from an outside perspective. Like, and when that person is your friend, it's like, that friend is doing that shit to himself or herself
0: yeah
1: and it's and cl- when you tell them that they don't want to believe you sometimes you no know? like no 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 but they did it to me and shit like
0: yeah yeah and yeah it, it links in with the second one of uh, the second one he's got here a bit to mentality of mentality why always me where a lot of the times you're hit with a problem and you do strike it so in you take it personally oh it was me well the chances are any problem you faced millions of people have gone through that exact same problem before like stressing about money or exams or relationships or struggling with any kind of issue Pe- millions of people have probably gone through the same thing it's not a per- this issue is not a personal attack on you right right uh
1: it's like how old is fucking humanity people have gone through some <laughs> similar anxiety to what we have experienced into yeah. what we will experience in the future
0: yeah exactly i mean i look back to previous generations who had to live five years
1: through a wartime Like before i I thought that only i felt anxiety only i had whatever like certain challenges and what helped me was like i started to listen to ted talks and i was like oh my god like every single challenge i have if i just search that with tedx on youtube there's somebody talking about that
0: yeah 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 exactly whatever
1: it is Uh, it could be porn, porn addiction it could be anxiety it could be literally what any fucking challenge i've had it's there somewhere (laughs)
0: here yeah. <laughs> because negative emotions are a call to action so when you feel them, you're supposed to do something
1: <sighs> i think i'm doing that right now man <laughs> <laughs> i had a negative uh feeling just before or this conversation and yeah i think because of, i think because of the conversation it just took me away from it yeah kind of distraction but also before the call i kind of did a little mind shift to deal with it and mm. now i'm here with you i guess
0: right okay yeah i see what you mean can be sometimes tricky
1: ah uh, this mind shift is actually i think important and i think you should know this
0: sure
1: <clears throat> so like i had my, so my feeling was this my one of my good friends today he's a. Uh, so here in Saigon, we're finally released from lockdown, right? And we can go out and hang out and shit. And my uh, one of my good friends, she's going to go meet up with this girl. And they're probably going to hook up and stuff. And I'm like, cool. And I was like, cool, good for him. And then my mind was like, wait a second. That was supposed to be what you were going to do. Because that's what you planned to do three months ago. But you stopped talking to that girl. And now that's definitely not going to happen. <laughs> and then it's like, aren't aren't you don't you regret everything and don't you wish you hadn't done that is like what my mind was telling me right
0: yeah yeah, and
1: like the feeling was deep and fucking like uh toxic like just terrible and it was just in my mind for maybe like an hour like before this conversation and then just now just before we started talking like i was still feeling a little bit of it but then i decided like wait why am i running away from this emotion why don't i Why don't I tell my mind, like, hit me as hard as you can. Like, like, give me as much of that pain as you possibly can. Like, I I invite you just give me everything. And then in that moment, it it just chilled
0: out. Yeah. Yeah. Because that was it. You didn't run away from it. You ran towards it. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) That was it. That was it. Just like, give,
1: give me the hardest shit you got. If it kills me, fuck it. Give me the hardest you got. And that moment is gone. And yeah. that was it. That's all I had to do. I wasted an hour of, of my life
0: that I'm never <laughs> going to get back. <laughs> yeah, but then that will save you countless hours in the future, right? Yeah, that's true. If that situation arises, yeah, who knows? Finding this is it part helps. of
1: my training. This is, this is one, of my, <laughs> one of my little video game monsters that I had to fight
0: and get level up. Like, yeah. so that just happened. <laughs> well, I suppose it makes sense, actually, that in the real world, yeah, well, I'll say in the real world, outside of our minds, for example, right, in the physical world, if you were scared of spiders and you're gonna pick up a spider and it doesn't do anything, you think, oh, okay. But you know, that fear suddenly goes. What's then if you have this fear in your mind and you go, okay, hit me. You know, imagine it to be the spider. If the spider comes over and starts attacking you and doing all sorts of things, go, okay, keep going. Keep going and just <laughs> do your very best. And eventually the spider- well, Imagine if go. the spider is about to like bite
1: somebody you care about, but then to help them, you have to like move the spider. and then, And then you think,
0: spider if you bite me i don't give a fuck but i'm I'm gonna help out my friend right now oh yeah because if you don't get rid of that spider then that issue that the spider represents you're going to take out on someone that you love so yeah dealing with it yourself you are doing that you are literally you know to use an analogy taking the bullet for the spider
1: yeah and the cool thing is like you do it for somebody else and that gives you more power right for and for some reason and what's funny is like something along these lines is also mentioned in uh like win friends and influence people
0: mm, Dale Carnegie yeah I'm um, yeah I mentioned that to you recently but I've not read in a while uh, I can't remember the exact do you remember what he says in that same one? same here
1: no just like I, mean, I just read a few pages in the beginning of the like the on the one for like the the digital era so it's kind of updated I guess but no they're saying that yeah like when you like the best way to uh, I guess make friends is to like you empower people right and they remember how you made them feel and because you helped them they will remember you yeah more than the person that says hey look at me hey hey i'm awesome hey look at me like they'll, <laughs> they'll, they'll think of the person who helped them more than the person who said hey look at me
0: yeah it's like that i know this phrase i used to think it'd be really cringy when i saw it on facebook but it's people don't remember what you said or what you did it's how you made them feel now I thought it used to be so corny, but now I've actually thought about it. It makes sense. So many times you justify people's behavior for good or for bad based on how they made you feel. That's what, that's the standout memory. We are emotional creatures. It's like
1: thinking about that, it's like now like even thinking about like my own parents. (laughs) It's like in my mind, my mom and dad are like in different categories uh, because of the way they made me feel. Like each one made me feel something different.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's about balancing it, I guess, and working out the best way of dealing with it. But it's crucial. And the bit of this book, the main word, actually, far fuck, obviously, is probably entitlement, where it comes up here where I'm awesome and the rest of you all suck, so I deserve special treatment. Yeah. I suck and the rest of you are all awesome, so I deserve special treatment. Both of the yep. ways you're you know becoming quite entitled. yeah
1: <laughs> They're both entitled.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. You are not special. As soon as you yeah, that that's the chapter, and you think, as we were yeah, talking about thousands and millions of people have heard this issue yourself. And we, we do get told it in you know toxic positivity classes or like pages or notes, you see, you are special, there is only one of you, etc. And okay, that is true to a degree, and obviously you should be grateful that you were. know the surviving chromosomes but again like you need to avoid entitlement well both of both of these mindsets you know arsenal it says here opposite mindset on the outside but the same selfish creamy core in the middle
1: (laughs) yeah yeah that's true yeah because like the the entitled person that's like self-defeating right like like uh, the weak one is basically saying like Like, oh man, everybody else is better than me, so you should feel sorry for me and and, like be nice to me. Yeah, I'm,
0: I'm,
1: I'm entitled to to you being nice to me. Come on, man.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we are all, for the most part, pretty bad people. Even yeah, it says here that you know, um, it kind of goes back to the balance aspect where it'll say. Brilliant business people are often fuck-ups in their personal life. Extraordinary athletes are shallow and as dumb as a lobotomized rock. Celebrities are as close as life as people who gawk at them and are like, oh my God, did you hear what Britney did? Like, she might be Mm. completely gormless. You never know. Not to use the (laughs) sole example, but I'm sure there are millions of others. But yeah, yeah, we often create these ideas that, yeah, like, I'm better than everybody else, or I'm not as good as everybody else. Either way, you're expecting some entitlement as a result of your self-image.
1: Right, it's kind of like, uh, it's like, yes, there's nobody else like you and and you are special, that's true. But all at the same time, there is nobody else like anybody else.
0: Yeah, and it says here- Unless you're
1: a twin, but even twins can have differences if they grow up with different parents, like there can still be differences.
0: Yeah. And it, and it comes up to something here that, you know, I'm glad that we often get told, don't be average. Do you want to be mediocre or do you want to be one of the 1%? All that stuff on Facebook, you'll see. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know, when I was in my teens, I thought, yeah, there's something inspiring here. But now I think, you know, being average is actually a very nice way to live in a lot of senses. There's something really profound about having a very average life. It says here that the sort of thinking of that, is dangerous that if you accept the premise that a life is worthwhile only if you do something notable and great then you accept the fact that most of the human population sucks and is worthless and that can quickly turn dangerous to both yourself and others
1: especially if that if that definition of great is like somebody else's definition mm. then i guess you would be on on your deathbed saying like why did i work so hard to meet somebody else's
0: expectations. Yeah, precisely. You never defined your own clear vision. You just looked at what society perhaps wanted and thought, yeah, I'll follow that route. Even even in this bit where it says, the rare people who do become truly exceptional at something do not do because they're exceptional or they believe it. On the contrary, they become great because they're obsessed with improvement and the obsession with improvement stems from an belief they in fact not that great at all so it's (laughs) anti-entitlement
1: it's like it feels like the people who are i guess you can say exceptional or whatever are the people who just got out of their own way because it feels like all of us are already on this like kind of like a growing journey where we eventually bloom into what what we are best at but we get in the way of that yeah So it should it should be like less like, it shouldn't be so much like, do I be the one percent of special people, but more like, do you want to get the fuck out of your own way? <laughs> yeah,
0: we all have like emotional blind spots.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: Yeah, that is true. Self awareness
1: isn't the self And that and that connects to like, what do you give a fuck about, right?
0: Yeah, precisely.
1: If you could, if you could give a fuck about finding those blind spots, that would be a, uh. And- I think an intelligent thing to do
0: yeah and then it comes up to values this was one of the bits of the book that did hit me it's in the value of suffering values and metrics where it goes back to that thing about being great like how do you define great do you define great as being I don't know wonderful in your job right so if you're an athlete and you're like Michael Jordan level and you absolutely crush it and you are revered worldwide but then you've got a shit personal life or a shit business life like what do you define great as and if it doesn't meet up to your Mm -hmm. own personal values then you're going to struggle always
1: yeah we should ask michael jordan because like it's like after you retire from from the thing that you're great at then (laughs) then who are you
0: yeah exactly you attach your identity to something external like a basketball court or like a business that you run and it goes back to that adage of if you died tomorrow, your boss would put an advert out for your, to replace your position and have replaced it by the end of the month. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Like, you know, going yeah. and creating a career, great, but think about it in the bigger picture. Yeah. Yeah. Did your life have
1: meaning? Did, did you do the things that came naturally to you? Yeah. Did you inspire or did you empower other people to do what they're naturally inclined to do, exactly. or did you only care about yourself?
0: Hard questions will be asked in the in the latter years of one's life, but I suppose it's better. yeah, right. And then
1: <laughs> if you only cared about yourself, it's like how how did that go? <laughs> <laughs> like who who is spending time with you on your deathbed right now? If you if you only cared about yourself. Is it your friend or is it the nurse or nobody?
0: Like, I don't know. Yeah. And it also, on page 75, talks about values and metrics where the exchange here is like a guy trying, wanting to have a good relationship with his brother, but his metric is that his brother doesn't text him that often. And so (laughs) the the metric is, so the value is to be closer and have a better relationship, but the metric of that value is texting regularly. So if they're texting regularly, then the value is being looked to live, up to as then you're close but if you don't live up to that then it's not working
1: it sounds needy right the same as people in in relationships it's like similar to that it's like oh she didn't text me so maybe she's not thinking about me
0: yeah it says that so here yeah, sometimes people even if they love each other they don't have close relationships because it's fine what's objectively true is not as important as how you come to see the situation but how you come to measure and value it. Did you read the bit about the guy who got kicked out of Metallica? The guy that what? He got kicked out of Metallica. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was a part. Dave Mustaine. And he formed Megadeth. Megadeth <laughs> went on to sell 25 million albums, toured many times, but he got kicked out of Metallica. So he always measured his success compared to Metallica. So he's never happy because they always sold more than him.
1: Yeah, right. And then maybe like Metallica is not happy because some other band has sold more than them.
0: <laughs> yeah, they will be. Yeah, I'm sure. Even like for whoever's sold the most ever in history, they'll still have another goal that they want to. Like, even if you achieve all your dreams right now, you'll just set up a load of new dreams. You'll be like, right, I want this now. And I think, is that good or not? I suppose it's a bit of a a paradox where be grateful for what you have achieved and be glad you've done it, but perhaps move on to the next thing but don't get too obsessed with it. There's a few paradoxes here.
1: Yeah, it's like, uh, why are you racing with somebody else? Yeah. Why are you, also, why are you wasting your energy worrying about how somebody else got, further, got more sales than you? Like, what other thing could that energy be put towards doing
0: yeah, it's all about the value setting. And I think we have discussed values on podcasts before, but it comes up to the handful here on page 82 of shitty values. And the shitty values go as pleasure, material success, always being right. This is a big one. And staying positive.
1: <laughs> my weakness is the pleasure one, right? Like my mind is like, I didn't have enough pleasure recently. Maybe I'm doing something wrong.
0: Yeah, I I got better at that. To be honest with you, I got a lot better at that. When I was at uni, pleasure was the key. Uh, then I, you know, read quite a lot and got to realise more that the pain is where the greatness came out of. Uh, material success, never been too bothered about that. Always being right, I've generally got quite well because you know I am aware that I am wrong all the like all the I am yeah I'm actually wrong all the time and that's good and we'll get more on to that because he dedicates I think a chapter to it. And the fourth one, staying positive, is probably the one that, out of the four, I got the worst in terms of trying to be positive. True, true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. To deny that negativity is to perpetuate problems rather than solve them.
1: Yeah, look it right in the face. Deal with it. Yeah.
0: Just simple, but simple example like um. Express them in a socially acceptable and healthy manner, negative emotions, and express them in the way that aligns with values. So a value is non-violence. So if you get mad at somebody, express the anger, but you also don't punch them in the face. Radical, but the anger is not the problem. It's just the punching the person in the, in the face that's the problem.
1: All right. Like you telling them, like, hey, you, you made me upset right now because of blah, blah, blah. And then see what happens have a conversation about it
0: yeah as freud once said and he quotes this one day in retrospect the years of struggle will strike you the most beautiful
1: mm-hmm.
0: it goes back yeah. to what we said about the process i love the way he talks about pleasure gives pleasure it sounds great but it's a horrible value to prioritize like ask any drug addict how his pursuit of pleasure turned out ask any adulterer who shattered his family ask a man who almost ate himself to death how pleasure pleasure is a false god Ooh, ask, ask me <laughs>
1: that's been my problem
0: yeah
1: and i'm dealing with it now
0: yeah good values are reality based socially constructive and immediate and controllable where yeah because for example if one of your values is to be liked then you can't control that like you can okay right. a person but how are you going to live up to that value and metric? Right, so the metric, okay, the value is to be liked, but the metric is to be the most popular guy in your school year. How the hell are you gonna measure that? Facebook likes?
1: <laughs> yeah. You're just yeah. asking yourself, you're setting yourself up to suffer, basically. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> literally, because there's no tangible way of measuring it. And yeah, it can be changed at any point and it can be destructive because you do anything to get that popularity, for example, and then even if it comes, it won't feel worth it because you've spent so much negativity in getting there, it's almost not worth it. And the
1: funny thing is, even if you do get it, it feels nice for, like, how long? A day, a week? And then it's going to be gone again.
0: Yeah. yeah. And then
1: what? What's what's the next thing to do, I guess, right? (laughs) Until, like, how many times are you going to do that?
0: Yeah, that's why it says good values are reality-based so honesty you have complete control over your honesty it does reflect reality and it's socially constructive as it does benefit others even if it's unpleasant it's there terrified of what others think about them are terrified of all the shitty things they think about themselves being reflected back at them oh yeah right that yeah that that hit deep with me too (laughs) same same man that was that was a sucker punch that was a kick in the gut yeah
1: yeah i I do find uh yeah it's like what if what if that person mentions a thing that I'm self conscious about? Then that would yeah, suck. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's it. And then you think, fuck, they got it too. Shit. <laughs> then,
1: you- then I have to ask myself, why am I self conscious about that?
0: Yeah. Like,
1: why am I giving them that power over me?
0: Yeah, exactly. And it goes into the next chapter. You are always choosing. You are choosing right there and then to give them the power to change your emotions by talking about the value that you find consciously or subconscious stuff. yeah yeah like a long time ago
1: i definitely did not know that because like i think i was just like used to listening to somebody tell me something and i would just believe them because like i think that that just i learned that in my family i guess right and I, hmm. and i would read a book i would read a book and be like oh yeah this must be true and then i opened this other book like maybe this one is true now
0: <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. i used to always listen to like a podcast or a speaker and i used to listen as if what they were saying was 100 percent correct and i realized yeah. that people might say something that i agree with but they might also say something i disagree with it come up with a really balanced approach
1: yeah that's why i'm really happy about going to university and like like, hey, we have to read four or five different books this month and they're all making different arguments it's like oh fuck so like well, which one is right then like i don't know <laughs> yeah. my mind is like but i thought they were all right like no i'm not
0: <laughs> yeah that's that also comes to people pleasing where you're not going to be able to please everyone because everyone has views that are so different due to so many different factors of conditioning and so many different yeah. layers that it's genuinely impossible and obviously, again going back to that junk value aspect if you put that People pleasing at the top, you're always setting yourself up for failure. Yeah, man.
1: It's true. Also, like, what if they all like different things? Like, what if I travel to different countries and there's like
0: different expectations? Or do I have to do different things all the time to fucking please different people? <laughs> yeah, precisely, right? Yeah, and you have to always alter your personality and that's suffering. Jeez, imagine if I'm yeah. like, right, I'm not into podcasts because people in Thailand or Australia might not like it. But what do I do now? <laughs> Getting to break yeah, that man. thing. Just, yeah, it'd get complete 180s. They're never good. Like, should I dance on TikTok? Like, what the fuck? Wait, uh... <laughs> That's the way. And it also, the value of choice here. The analogy he gives is that if somebody held a gun to your head and went, right, you have to run a marathon in five hours, otherwise I'll kill you, that would suck. But if you bought a new workout gear and you trained for months and you did that marathon, it could be glorious. Exact same length, exact same legs running in it. The only difference is the, the reason and the choice behind it. Responsibility aspect here, 96. I once knew a man who was convinced the reason no woman would date him was because he was too short. He was educated, interesting, good looking, but he was convinced that women found him too short. So he didn't go out because he was too short. He always went, no, I can't date, too short.
1: Ooh, yo, this connects back to the four agreements. He was making assumptions.
0: He was, yeah. And he was taking the rejection personally. And yeah, yeah, thought it was because he was too short. Like, I'm he's often, already assuming, like, uh, they
1: won't like me anyway because I'm short,
0: yeah, yeah, and being impeccable with his word to a degree by making that the value. like, no, I am too short, and perhaps making that impeccable. He didn't do his best because he was too bothered about that.
1: And I wonder what country he was in. I'm really curious,
0: yeah. I mean, Mark Manson's American, so I'm just going to... Well, actually... Oh, wow. Do you know what I was just about to say? I was just about mm. to say <laughs> I'm going to assume it was America. So I was just about to make an assumption. <laughs> wow. <Yeah>. Oh, catch. <laughs> Intervention there. Jeez. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, if you go to, like, the country where I was born in Peru, like, people are not that tall. Maybe if he went there, he wouldn't feel so short anymore. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Vietnam, right? Like, Vietnam, I come here and... In you know, the first few days, I was walking around the shopping mall and I was towering above people, and I'm 5'11. And I thought, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. Okay. Hey, in another country, not the same thing.
1: <laughs> that's true.
0: Yeah. And boom, he hits the nail on the head, page 98. We are responsible for experiences that aren't our fault all the time. It goes back to what we said last week about fault versus responsibility.
1: Dude, that's like just driving in Vietnam, like, It's not your fault that someone cut you off but it's gonna happen like hundred percent chance it's not your fault that some random person made a u-turn on the wrong side of the road without looking like it's not your fault but it happened like you just got to deal with it yeah no
0: mercifully not your fault but always your responsibility
1: Vietnam has many of those examples right like it's not your fault that the government lifted the lockdown but and then said you can't go you can go outside but only if you have a good reason and then not give any
0: list of good or bad reasons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly i think what defines a good reason you know hospital <laughs> maybe, people then like to see my friends is that a good enough reason <laughs> i don't know i went yeah. out today. i went out today and i didn't know if i'd get stopped or not i think i was i didn't even have an excuse prepared maybe i should make one
1: I just went for a walk with my girlfriend and we walked past some cops and they didn't say shit. They didn't even look at us. Yeah, it
0: depends, right? I love this bit here where it says, uh, my first girlfriend dumped me in spectacular fashion. She cheated on me with the teacher. (laughs) It was awesome. And by awesome, I mean, it felt like getting punched in the stomach 200 times. Like he couldn't (laughs) control her. No matter how many times he calls her, screams at her, begs to take a bath, makes surprise visits to a place or other things. He can't control her emotions or reactions. So mm-hmm. while she was to blame for how I felt, she was never responsible for how I felt I was. So he right. Yeah, so he changed this way. He went, she was never going to fix the issue for me. I had to fix them. So now he took responsibility for his own emotions. And he changed his values from taking care of himself, learning to feel better, rather than getting her to fix what she'd broken, moving it on to her.
1: Yeah, and I bet now he feels really thankful for that experience.
0: Yeah, he seems to be. He seems to be. He says that he's able to look back and walk, uh, acknowledge the warning signs that he had seen when he brushed off and realizes that was his fault and his responsibility.
1: And The cool thing about those moments that make you suffer so much is that it gives you a good chance to really hear how loud your mind can scream. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, see how loud the voice between the two is, comes up, and how you control that. It. Yeah.
1: yeah, it's like, damn, and after the whole thing is over, it's like, whoa, the streaming stopped, what the hell
0: is this? It still goes through aspects of genetics, and neurological factors, and things given from birth, but you still have mm. to deal with it, regardless of the hand you dealt, and some people will get better than others, just like in poker, but you still have to work with what you get.
1: Mm. yeah sure sure yeah right you can't control what cards you're dealt
0: <laughs> exactly the next one this one it might be my favorite chapter because i'm a big advocate of this you're wrong about everything but so am i all right yeah right, right, right. that's probably and nobody's
1: ever like right they're just less wrong <laughs> yeah But they're still wrong but it's less wrong
0: yeah, man, I used to, like, when I was a teenager, even, I'd hang around people who, if a football match went, <laughs> went, for example, one way, so Real Madrid beat Barcelona 1-0, afterwards, yeah, I said that would happen. Yeah, I told you that would happen. Even, like, that's a really small example, but everything in their life is the same thing, where <laughs> anything that comes up, yeah, I said that. Yeah, I said that. Yeah, we'll do this. And they had to be right. But like, it was their idea, their way or the highway. And that's the line of thinking initially i thought it can come across as confident or as bluster so people might think wow they know what they're doing so people might follow you for a little bit but once they realize that you don't know everything and that you do get things wrong because you are a human who makes mistakes and gets them, <laughs> yeah. like we all do then they leave and realize you're an idiot <laughs> so it's it works both ways yeah
1: if you're not humble as shows
0: <laughs> it does man it does yeah just admitting mistakes like to me, it's such, a, it's such a big thing. If I notice in an early interaction with someone that they don't admit their mistakes, then I tend to distance myself.
1: Mm. And like going back to the thing about like not ever actually being right, just being less wrong, it kind of, like, uh, in a way, links with non-dualism because like, I feel like non-dualism would say, like, how do you know if you're even right or wrong if you don't even know who you are?
0: Precisely precisely
1: how does how does being right or wrong like how is that even a thing if you don't even know who you
0: are yeah how is it defined how do we make that tangible yeah even here we should always be in constant search of doubt because we should be looking at how we're wrong all the time because we are it opens up the possibility of change and growth
1: Like uh, somebody said recently, I think it was Adya Adyasansi or something like uh, the thing that's getting in the way of you and your enlightenment is your beliefs. Like if you believe something, like if you believe you're right about something, that's that's getting in the way already.
0: Mm. Yeah, exactly. Because then you're not open to trying anything different or seeing things from a different angle that might actually lead you to your it. <laughs> right. Just because you're so obsessed with this particular path, like path A is the reason. I'm completely convinced. Then path B pops up and you won't even acknowledge it because you're so fixated on path A.
1: It's kind of like if you if you see like a rectangular prism from like one of the ends, you just see a square, right? <laughs> and then you look from a from a different angle, then you see just a rectangle. Then you shift it a little bit to oh shit, it's a 3D object, but like yeah. it depends what angle you're looking at it from.
0: Yeah, exactly. And if you are right all the time and had, you have this fixed mindset, then you'll never do that. You'll just keep staring at the square. You're like, it's a square. It's a square. <laughs> yeah. a square. I told it's a square. It's a square, <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah. I
1: learned that in school. Yeah.
0: And then when the rectangle comes up, you still won't acknowledge it. You'd be like, oh, it's, it's lucky. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's lucky it's a rectangle or some kind of stuff.
1: I only got some street food today, man, finally, after a long time.
0: Oh my God, I'm so jealous. I've tried it, but where I live, and I know you've been around this area, it's just populated, where there's a common time spot and there's about 50 people queuing. I thought, no, I can't do doing
1: that.
0: Yeah. yeah, my alley had
1: been like uh, locked down at one of the ends, but now the barrier is finally gone. So I was like, shit, I guess we're free now. Yeah. We're kind of free, I don't know how free we are, but
0: more free than yesterday, I believe. Yeah, we were more free of yesterday and in September, and especially August, August is when it really hit. Woo. More
1: or free than like the last like what two three months. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's the way. Yeah, boom. Here's the bit about Buddha: kill yourself. Mm. Buddhism argues that the idea you are is an arbitrary mental construction. Let go of the idea that you exist at all, and in some senses, you could say that the Buddha encourages you not to give. But-
1: and the really funny thing about that is that most Buddhists don't even know about that concept.
0: Yeah. It's not
1: something that, that they like think about or
0: talk about. Yeah, it just pops up, but it'll, as we mentioned, it's still following a pattern just from a different angle, different approach. Hmm.
1: Like when I first met my girlfriend, I met my girlfriend in a pagoda, right? I met her at a pagoda the same day. I went to go talk to a monk about Zen Buddhism and he gave me some books and stuff. Like I met her that same day. So I just assumed, oh, look, I assumed. <laughs> I assumed <laughs> that all Buddhists like think about stuff like Zen and non-dualism and ego death, but it's not true. It was the wrong or something.
0: Yeah. Even says here, the Aristotle example is the mark of an educated mind to be able to entertain a thought without accepting it. Like we've been discussing about observing and awareness
1: that's like uh that's like if we read mind comp right like <laughs> i'm definitely not going to agree with that but i'm willing to read it just to know what the fuck was going through that guy's
0: head yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly yeah that's the same like when people have asked me who would your dream interviews be i'd love to interview people from history of that realm who have done some atrocious things just to see what actually goes on inside the mind of somebody who does that. Mm. Out of genuine curiosity, it doesn't mean that I agree, even to a much less scale, right? I interview people whose views I wouldn't necessarily class as my own. And even as they're speaking, sometimes I think, oh, I wouldn't do it in that way. But I don't judge, I don't engage. I just observe, go, okay, that's your view. That's why you do it, okay? And then move on. Rationality. (laughs) so So, so what do you think about the the ego death thing the ego death (laughs) it makes sense it makes sense and it it certainly hit when i thought some kind of enlightenment period would be this grand light and you come out and it's all rainbows and big hills and mountains and castles and no 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 (laughs) it is a, a part of you dying where goes back to the old adage of all change is very uncomfortable in the beginning, messy in the middle, and glorious at the end.
1: It's like your identity begin, begin to die, right? Like all the stuff you identified with just starts to die away.
0: Yeah, well everything around you changes. Like the way you saw this problem or this value or this thing before, it, it undoubtedly changes. Mm. And even
1: like uh, letting go of some attachments like, uh, like nationality, like favorite sports team that shit can be painful (laughs) it's like it's like okay i'll do ego death no but don't take away my team though
0: (laughs) yeah Yeah, exactly yeah it's like no but i'm still i'm still i'm still from england (laughs) i still support Man united (laughs) exactly yeah you're like fuck yeah Yeah, it's always the but isn't it i'm willing to do anything but this (laughs) like yeah yeah, i want to go to the gym but i can't give up cupcakes and stuff (laughs) like that
1: yeah, like, I'm willing to do some of the painful stuff, but not the most painful stuff, like. But the point is to give up all of them. <laughs> and my mind is having trouble with that, because, like, my mind is, I guess you can say addicted. Maybe, maybe that word is too strong, but whatever. I'll just use it. Addicted to porn, right? And, like, at first, um, my mind was scared, like, man, maybe I'll never be able to escape this habit. And then once I was seeing that I was making progress, I felt this like underlying fear of, oh, shit, maybe I'll actually get over this thing.
0: Yeah, you might. Mind- like, like, I
1: don't want to lose it. I don't want to lose this drug. Like, I want to keep it, but, oh, fuck. I, mean, I think the habit is starting to turn around.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. You start thinking, fuck. <laughs> like, you will, your mind wants to keep you safe. That's its primary objective. It doesn't want you to progress necessarily. It just wants to keep you safe and keep you stuck. Yeah look
1: and it it thinks that pleasure equals happiness or pleasure equals safety (laughs) it's like pleasure became my pacifier something like that
0: and this chapter the next one number eight which we spoke about the importance of saying no this resonated with you right
1: yeah this is like it's like setting boundaries right is that what this is uh
0: yeah i believe it's setting boundaries
1: this big man that's truly important i'm learning that right now too (laughs) real life situation (laughs) what happened recently Shit with my girlfriend something happened um ah right so like in my neighborhood we're getting covid tested weekly right and so like we got tested so she was here and they knocked my door like gotta get tested okay so i i went for the both of us like because it's one person per room so i went got tested the next week came by they're like oh testing again and then my girlfriend was like okay uh, you're going again right and i was like oh okay okay it's like i'm gonna go this time right but the next time you're going like i'm (laughs) i'm going to stop this trend of covid test equals nick gets the thing in his nose so next time it's not gonna be me And that was me setting a boundary, like not even trying to be an asshole, right? Like, I'm not saying like, oh, fuck you for telling me to go. Like, I'm like, no, I'm just saying that next time I'm not going. And that's it. (laughs) It's really (laughs) simple and like not offensive.
0: Yeah. That is so key because it can actually cause you problems if you don't set that boundary. And it's important to establish it early doors so that becomes, you know, a, a known behavior, for example, like people don't like accepting change so if you for example change your boundaries midway through a relationship this can be friendships or romantic relationships then it's an issue because people aren't used to that change and they think why are you changing what's from the start if you say yeah i'm this is my non-negotiable i want this blah blah at least you've actually confirmed your vision and what you are willing to stand for and what you aren't so then when the situation arises you can say no because you've already established that that's not something to accept for example uh, I don't, I, yeah, for example, right, if you don't go to the pub and you don't drink, you tell your partner or your friends, boom, straight away, I don't drink, then they won't pressure you for it, because they know that's just not what you do, you've said no, and they know not to invite you, but midway through, for example, after two or three weeks, you go, oh, no, I don't, it's, oh, why are you being boring, man, come on, just have one.
1: <laughs> I gotta be clear, right, like, yeah. no, thanks, I'm good. Yeah, no ambiguity, and I know. And like, and like, I don't judge you for drinking, but just, I don't drink, that's, that's my own rule.
0: That's yeah. okay. Same as smoking or, can be so many other things, yeah. just one example. But it comes up to the bit that I think you enjoyed, uh, the traveling aspect, Russia, where he goes to Russia and they were all very blunt, shall we say.
1: Yeah, like that resonated with me because in my hometown of Northern Virginia, people are not blunt, they're fake nice. <laughs> To the point where it's so obvious mm. like uh people ask you like hey how are you and they just walk past you because they think they're supposed to say that sentence to you but they don't actually care how you are like it's just oh yeah you yeah. have to say
0: yeah absolutely and yeah often they'll say oh my god i hope you and the kids are okay and you go, going yeah yeah they were great oh amazing great to see you two seconds later once you walk past she's he's an asshole. she's such a bitch you know <laughs>
1: straight away. or even like it's like i know who's being fake nice to me on facebook when like i say like happy birthday on their facebook birthday and then they respond with like thanks nick i hope all is well <laughs> it's like why does that same sentence keep coming from different people oh thanks hope all is well hope all is well hope all is well like i guess that's our programmed response for that like yeah. what do i respond to person i haven't talked to for a long time oh i, th- I think i'll say thanks i hope all is well <laughs>
0: it's weird I'm sure I do as well I if I know I definitely have done it you know as you said I thought that's how I responded to all of my birthday messages this year <laughs> every single one I was like thank you hope you all is well oh my god yeah <laughs> I think it's a weird one though because I guess I'd probably right in terms of like you know whether I'd rather one way or the other I'd probably rather that than maybe the blunt approach because I think I guess maybe if you don't mean it but it doesn't really harm you to be nice it's only when you're being nice to gain like falsely to get something out of someone like you know if you'd be nice to somebody just so you can get something out of them that's what I have an issue Mm. with but if you're being nice just to be polite then I quite like that
1: so my suggestion would be like be nice right and like and be original
0: Mm, okay
1: it's like I don't like I don't want sorry like not that I don't want but Like, it's kind of odd to receive, like, a nice message that seems like there's a template for it. Mm. Like, it's like, oh, I I just received the all is well template, template message. Like, okay, how meaningful is that? Like, not really. But if someone just gave me even a shorter message, but just an original message, like, oh, hey, this person really meant it. Cool.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm trying to think of a uh, a good, a good template like, a good original one. Like, I've got a guy who, <laughs> like, he, he works for your, uh, the company that I used to work for, like, not the one we did, but he um, he always posts, may you live to be 100, at every single post. So it's like, I've not heard that one before, and I don't know if he actually means it, but there's something quite nice about it. Every uh, like It's like, Nick, happy birthday. May you live to be 100. <laughs> Why not 101? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Then I've got another guy who's like, may your latest turnaround the sun be as uh, be, be as fruitful or prosperous as you are, even if he doesn't know the person, but I, it's quite sweet. That's nice. <laughs> yeah. Boundaries. Yeah. They're the key, man. I think that I wish I knew more about boundaries than when I was growing up. I just, I probably lent more towards people pleasing in my teenage years, and I wish I knew how much time and energy I'd save by just saying no straight away. Same, me too yeah and uh
1: if you read gabor mate right uh dr gabor mate he'll when he he talks about people who have als he mentions that they usually have something in common and that's that they don't know how to say no to people Hmm. and the funny thing is that my grandma had als and she didn't know how to say no to people and she would just say yes even if she was dead tired and just like physically mentally tired if someone asked her for a favor she would just do it
0: yeah and it's almost being I suppose, not self-sabotaging, but you're putting yourself last, which doesn't serve you well for helping others in the future. If you're always doing yeah, things true. That you really don't want to, then yeah, you're not <laughs> giving it to.
1: Like not the me- message you're giving yourself is that like, uh, like my self-care is not as important as other people, which sounds like noble, but it's like, what if I'm really suffering? Shouldn't I deal with that?
0: Yeah. It it goes back to that concept of entitlement in a way, just in a reverse form. Mm -hmm. Aptly put, and then you die. Death Death is the light by which the shadow of all's life meaning is measured because without death, everything would feel inconsequential, all experience arbitrary, all metrics and values suddenly zero.
1: yeah man it's inevitable this game is gonna be game over eventually
0: (laughs) yeah and it is a game just works out you know what tools you want to play why it suits you and the funny thing is we don't know how much time we have left
1: like we assume we're gonna live to 100 but we don't know like i might like i'm gonna fly back to america in december that plane could crash i don't fucking know like i really don't know (laughs) I don't know how much time I've left and every second that goes by is a second less of my life that's ticking away. I don't know how many I've left. So what should I do? It's so like, should I worry about shit that doesn't matter?
0: Exactly. Because at the end of it, I always think like, I've done it before and it's a concept in the Monk who Ferrari, I believe, where the deathbed mentality where for about two minutes you think of what if this was the last day of your life? Like, would you worry about, I don't know, Uh, the guy in your class who's calling you an idiot or would you worry about some kind of nonsense when you've got the one day you probably wouldn't your focus would shift to something that you're probably not doing right now your focus would shift on i don't know making more creative endeavors or getting more physically active so you should probably focus on that and i say this from experience it's only a few times when i've kind of pondered my immortality where i've realized oh fuck like yeah i need to make some changes here
1: Same here for me it would be like uh like I would like, like I used to play a lot of music before and like after a while I stopped and I kind of started judging myself. Like, ah, it's not so good anymore. I am I keep writing the same shit. Like it's boring. And I would just judge myself and even stop singing and stuff. But like, uh, if I die tomorrow, wouldn't I would like to sing today? <laughs> and play some music and actually mean it and have fun with it.
0: Yeah, that's the key. I, I noticed that two two factors have come made have me come to this conclusion. One is like the cosmos, when you look at how small we are in terms of the universe, which means our planet. And then if you break it down then from continents to countries, to towns, to places, our problems are really inconsequential. And also on London Real, uh, Real Talk, one episode, uh the host brian said that he would occasionally walk across a graveyard or a cemetery in london look down at all of them and think hmm did they did they wish they were worrying did they wish they did more worrying and we know what the answer is right yeah definitely now. brew so but yeah this book it gets a lot of shit this book like quite a bit but i think I think there's a lot to it. Like I've just been flicking through it then and I've read it, I think, three times now. And each time I think, ooh, he's hitting on a lot of concepts that I really agree with. It does already follow the pattern
1: that we talk about. Mm. So if somebody disag- disagrees with it, they're not measuring good by the same pattern. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I'm measuring it with a pattern that I've been using for a while and it matches it, Even if it doesn't sound like like a philosopher wrote it it sounds like a blogger wrote it because a blogger did write it but he still yeah. said the same
0: thing. yeah precisely and i guess to be honest with you it's quite good that a blogger wrote it rather than a philosopher because it's in a, a way that i think this was published in 2018 i believe and it's in a way that most of us in 2018 going up to 2021 20, now would understand
1: Yeah, and it's uh, similar to the, what's it called? Neil Strauss, right? Neil Strauss. Yes, Neil Strauss. He writes writes for uh, Rolling Stone magazine, I think. Yeah. And it has a similar feel. It sounds like a friend just telling you a story. Like, just talking to you and just the the regular language that you and your friends use. Like, it's the same language. You don't have to use a dictionary to look up the shit they say.
0: Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and even in the videos that you discussed like, Mark Manson, comes across just very, very casual, just these the concepts that I'm talking about. I remember posting on my story once about it and quite a few people got in touch with like, this fuck is useless, it's rubbish. And I'm thinking why well, wouldn't go that far?
1: That would be good to have a, to have a conversation, and be like, which part exactly
0: is I, is the rubbish part?
1: Right? I'm just out of curiosity, which one is it? The one that you shouldn't be entitled? Is it the one that you shouldn't give a fuck what other people think about you? Like, which one? Like, it's just really curious. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, I did ask, and usually the answer was that you shouldn't give a fuck. Yeah, basically, it was the misconception. It was this book. So they read
1: the, this, the title.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's what I came to. I said, no, he doesn't say that. He says that you should give a fuck about some things. Just are they important to you? And if things aren't important to you and they don't matter, and you notice in the grand scheme of things that they don't, then you don't give a fuck. Don't. Not give a fuck about anything because that's impossible and unnecessary
1: it's like in that case I, I would i think i would say like that's the title of the book but the content is different so i don't know how to continue this conversation and then maybe they'll ask you what it's about or
0: not then that's up to them fucking. yeah absolutely i suppose we've covered the book to be honest with you man have you got any final thoughts any key messages Any main takeaways before we wrap up episode four? Maybe a message
1: to another message to my future kid if I have one.
0: (laughs) I love these. I love these. Yeah. Go for it.
1: That, like, you can choose what to believe in. Even if I tell you to believe something, you have the
0: choice to believe it or not. I think that's it. I can't wait until, you know, about 10 years time when <laughs> Nick Jr. listens back to these and goes, but dad, look, I can disagree with you. And you're like, fuck it. Like, I, I
1: gave you permission, so fuck it, go for it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's out there now, these are in the archives. Yeah, I was actually thinking, and we are gonna wrap this up in a sec, but I do want kids, this, I'll put this out there. This is definitely high up in my list of priorities. And in that, I'm noticing it now when I'm 24, to try and embody the sort of father figure and the sort of behaviors that I would want my kid to exhibit. So would I want my kids to exercise? Yeah. well, I've got to exercise. Do I want him to read? Yep, so I want to read. Do I want him to be creative? Yes, so I have to be creative. I have to model and exemplify the behaviors that I want in my child. And I'm trying to do it at a young age so that in a few years' time, he'll, he will he And should. also,
1: like, um, like, what kind of father would I want to have and then be that guy?
0: yeah
1: the cool thing is that many of us i'm not sorry not, not many of us some of us already have a father figure that is like along those lines so, so we can just make some minor adjustments here and there do, 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 and
0: just be the best that we can there we go. that was an empowering message to end up nick thanks very much and see you next time see you man take care